0: Welcome to Conversations with Ann Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with dietitian Wendy Taylor, a food relationship coach and emotional eating expert. She is the founder of her signature program, Finding Food Freedom. She's passionate about helping women give up chronic dieting and food obsessions so they can cultivate a healthy relationship with their bodies and with food. It is her mission to help women break free from limited beliefs that are holding them back from who they are created to be. Please enjoy my conversation with Wendy. (laughs) Well, I'm very much grateful for taking the time to chat with me today and being on the podcast. I dug into you just a little bit more and I I'm so excited to learn more about your journey and just everything that you're doing such fantastic things so and then like your product when you did your product and how you transitioned I definitely want to touch base on all of those things so yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) that conversation that sparked this whole thing so
1: (laughs) you know what I forgot I was talking about that oh it was I was entrenched in just diet culture, and and I was a, I'm I'm a typical entrepreneur, so I'm a, i was a yes girl. So anyway, yeah, I can I can definitely go into that story. Oh, well, good,
0: good. Do you have any questions for me before we get started? You're good with everything. I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll just kind of kick it off. Um, I always start, you know, with my guests. I always like to know the background, to how you got into the field, what. When did you kind of get interested in the, in the field of nutrition and health and dietetics? And take me back to that moment when you decided that's kind of what you wanted to do with your profession.
1: Honestly, I've always been kind of, I guess I grew up and in a family where I was seeking attention and approval from my parents. And I grew up in a really strict household so I came to control food and exercise, um, and that was part of my. I'm also a muscle recovering perfectionist, so my whole childhood I was kind of seeking approval. So, so rules in my house were really black and white. We didn't show our feelings. We didn't talk about our feelings. Um, so yeah, food and exercise in high school became an outlet in a a form of control for me. So I wouldn't say it was necessarily a healthy thing that I got myself into. (laughs) Um, My mother was a chronic dieter. So I grew up watching her really tear herself down in front of the mirror. She was on diets from as early as I can remember, like, you know, being three and she was on Weight Watchers.
0: Mm. So
1: I learned about dieting at a really early age. And then in high school, I started to notice my body and started struggling with, you know, keeping my body at a certain size or my body was different than the other girls. Cause I'm really, really tall. And I didn't understand why I weighed more than the other girls. So I was mm-hmm. a real focus around that. And then just around being accepted. So that continued into college where i began to just count every calorie that went in my mouth and and become really kind of obsessed with, with food and exercise and that piqued my curiosity because i had this disordered uh, behavior around eating um i was i was interested in dietetics and nutrition and of course being come going into that program i was Uh, we were immersed in nutrition at that point. So I was already obsessed around food. I began to be even more obsessed around nutrition and nutrients in particular foods. And at that point, I thought, you know, if I could just perfect my body, I've just reached that number, then I I could fix all the problems in my life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So uh, that was in college, and I graduated, and I became a registered dietitian. So I mean, honestly, I would say the food obsession continued in my twenties, into my thirties. Um, it was still something that I was just running from because I I never got to really do things as a child. I was really, um, really I was really in a strict household, so I think I was running from a lot of things in my twenties and thirties. So um, <laughs> in 2014, I started my original brand, the Pantry Doctor. So, up until that point, when I graduated, to that point, I was in um, medical sales, in healthcare, Mm. Mm -hmm. all kinds of sales. Um, I lived in a small town when I graduated. I was married, um, wasn't able to relocate at that point. And my first job um, out of college, I got my RD, but my first job was selling advertising to a four state trader paper so i was always in sales up until the point where i started my own um, brand in 2014.
0: interesting that's way (laughs) that's way different i mean like i understand like not being able to relocate than just finding options that will work for you and your family but that's a totally different you know 180 from (laughs) dietetics (laughs) i uh, literally I, I just came
1: upon this job. I interviewed for it and I, it was really hardcore sales where you pounded the pavement
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it was almost 100% commission. And I did really oh well. <laughs> I did really well at that. And, um, it got me my job in medical sales. And then of course, then I was, I was, by that point I was relocating. It was in 2005 and, and I was working for, um, pharmaceutical companies and, and, and uh, big food companies, Nestle and Novartis. So I worked for, for those companies for a while, for, for almost 10 years before I left
0: (laughs) big pharma, big food and, and started my brand. Um, And that's not an easy job either. I mean, I've heard that like pharmaceutical sales and working for, for food companies is very, it's hardcore as well yes, yes. It was,
1: it was interesting, and it changed a lot in the ten years that I did it. It's very different now from from when I started back in two thousand five. So just the whole, that whole um, arena has changed. The healthcare, pharmaceutical, medical
0: industry is so different
1: now, and from the business side of it.
0: So what sparked, I mean, you obviously, you we were there for a decade working with those companies. Mm-hmm. What sparked having your own, being an entrepreneur and having your own business?
1: I can remember driving down in the middle of nowhere in South Carolina one day and just saying like, what? what is it I want to do? Now I look back at this, at this point from where I am today. Mm-hmm. And it, it's interesting thinking like, This is a point when I was so ingrained in diet culture that I actually thought that if I could do anything, the one thing that I would want to do was like that show, um, What Not to Wear. Mm -hmm. Yes, I loved that show. (laughs) And I was like, I want to be that person. And now. I, I want to be anything but that person. But at that point, I was like, I want to be that person that goes into their pantry and tells them what not to eat and what to eat and and mm-hmm. throws out all their bad foods. And it, I almost cringe just saying like just hearing myself <laughs> say that today, i'm not I'm not ashamed of it because i didn't I didn't know like, well, they don't teach us intuitive eating in school and definitely didn't when I graduated, um, almost 20 years ago, mm-hmm. we, Me didn't too. About, we didn't know about intuitive eating. We didn't know about health at any size. I just literally convinced myself that I was healthy. This, this was healthy and I have such a different, uh, so different now. So, but I remember having that thought, um, this is what I want to do. And I came up with the pantry doctor, which is catchy. Uh, It it Mm -hmm. stuck for a long, long time. It actually stuck real, it stuck real well. And so, so well that I was struggling with how to, how to, how to end that.
0: It was kind of like
1: this baby that I
0: had. You had, and then you were going to end that relationship with it.
1: Yes. And it started out as a blog and it became a media outlet to help people learn how to cook and meal prep and learn more about food. So my intentions were, were wonderful around, around that. And I did like, I didn't know, I just didn't know about intuitive eating and the things I know now. Um, So, so I, in 2016, I co authored a book, uh, the healthy gut diet um, and I did my first reset eBooks and I did a few of those. Um, and now if, if, if anyone listens, you know, knows me today, or if they don't know me now, I work with women to find food freedom, which is such a one hundred and eighty. Um, so it, it took me a while to get there. I'll just say that. Like, I love everything about the work that I do with my clients today. I love helping women heal their relationship with food, but it did. It took me a long, long time
0: to get to where I am right now well and I think that's a great so I think that's a great message because where we necessarily start out as new dietitians doesn't necessarily mean that's what we're going to do for the rest of our lives right there's lots of things that can happen in between that time so you're like the perfect story of that that you started out one place and now you're in this other space which you could definitely end up in a different space in 10 years who knows right
1: right so
0: what what kind of occurred that you know you kind of, you said you kind of did the pantry doctor and then you kind of worked with some gut health. How did you kind of get to gut health and where did that kind of um, spur that change from just kind of helping people not eat certain foods to now you're working on gut health?
1: Yeah, it was, it was, that was kind of strange. I was approached by another author that lived in South Carolina. Um, She's from New York and she had autoimmune disorder and she had worked with Naturopaths and integrative doctors uh, up in Jersey and New York, and she she basically went into remission from rheumatoid arthritis, um, and did this through healthy lifestyle food. And she was looking for a dietitian to collaborate and co-author this book with. Essentially, her publisher said that we like the idea. She, she, but they needed a dietician. Gotcha. So her and I, we got together a couple of times and we talked about it and, and it was really fast. I mean, three months later, we had to have everything in, in three months.
0: Jeez, that is a short turnaround time. <laughs> it was,
1: I think we had to have our first draft in three months and then the final finishing everything up was three months so literally it was six months it was so wow. it was probably the whole that's still a lot that a is lot a lot <laughs> yeah. so I wrote all recipes um and I I to put my name on it I edited the entire thing I was like no nothing's going in this book without. yes <laughs> and you know and it was it was science-based and I just you know the way that I work with clients now is very different. I think that you don't necessarily have to cut out foods to get healthier. Like, I, you know, it's, it's looking at the bigger picture and what I found was the more foods we cut out, the more fear people have mm-hmm. adding them back in. So I learned a lot through that, through all the research that I had to do. Um, and after that time, I began to specialize with clients in gut health, in autoimmune. And what I found was just like tremendous amount of fear. And sometimes they would be down to four foods and literally. Oh, my gosh. Trying to get them to add another food back in would send them in like spiral. Um, they were very depressed. They were very stressed Their hormones were out of whack i mean, really have compassion for those people and I want to help them. But what I saw was like, <laughs> like cutting and cutting and cutting, it's not working. And in the, the world of integrative medicine and wellness now, that seems to be like the predominant message. And well, actually someone that I worked with that did add foods back in, she will test to this day. She says, I finally added foods back in. I got over and my skin cleared. So like, I think you're disrupting that microbiome in your gut with the more and more foods you cut out, the more disruption you get to that microbiome and you can work with a team to manage those, to manage those symptoms. But, but what, when you're just, constantly like cut this cut this cut this you're destroying the relationship (laughs) with food Sure,
0: yeah well that's interesting how that gut gut book kind of got you into that space where you're like seeing these people that are struggling so much like there I believe there are people eating four foods every day because they've cut everything out so bad Mm -hmm. which is crazy (laughs) it it is and
1: man I wanted to help them and and I read intuitive eating um after, you know, around that time period, I, ran, I read Intuitive Eating, I read Health at Every Size, and I was on the fence for a while. I was, like, thinking, well, you can eat intuitively and and lose weight, and I <laughs> no, you can't. I realized that, like, no, you have to put the intentional weight loss on the back burner, put weight loss on the back burner, throw out the scales. You can't do both, and um, there was that almost like you have to jump you have, you have mm-hmm. to jump one way or the other you can't ride the fence um with intuitive eating with health at every size with any of that so it's like i had all the ma- the knowledge of the macronutrients of the micronutrients how they're metabolized in the body but i did not know how to relate to my clients and i was i
0: was struggling with that at that point did you start, and after reading those books, did you kind of start incorporating those things into your own life? Were you trying them out yourself? Definitely. Did, yeah, because yes. you obviously yes. had your own issues with food, Definitely. too. So how did that help you with your, just with your own personal experience?
1: Oh, yeah. it. Oh, it helped me tremendously. And I remember, I remember being so just feeling so free. And I remember trying to incorporate (laughs) those things with my clients, but my, my clients that I had been, you know, working with their gut health and doing all of the things that Wendy as the pantry doctor was doing. And I remember, Mm. I remember it, it was like, it was really hard. (laughs) Sure. So, um, yeah, I, because I'd actually been creating all these fears around foods for them. You know, I had been like, cut this out, cut that out, take this supplement, try this powder. But they might do well for a little while and then they fall off the wagon and they beat themselves up and they wouldn't come to see me. And so I just noticed this pattern, this pattern with food guilt. And I had un- unrealistic expectations, honestly, so. It took time and honestly I took a step back from it all cuz I knew in my heart I wanted to do this but but I lived in my mind for a while I was still but I people I was still going on um our local TV station once a month and they wanted me to talk about smoothies and and I even started to try to you know pitch things like let's talk about food rules but they would it was it was so hard because they wanted they wanted me to talk about very diet culturey y sure. what people watch. And so it was hard for me. I felt really conflicted for a while, probably about a year of trying to trying to let go of that persona that I had like that brand that I had built. Um
0: and I and I didn't I didn't know how to transition. Well I wouldn't yeah. have that well and you, I know We actually connected over just a conversation about, you know, just our profession and how we've kind of changed ways that we are going. And you had even created a product around your pantry doctor (laughs) name. And you did. So maybe talk about that. And I'm sure that was hard to break, you know, to break that as well and stop production of that. And
1: yes, and, and that
0: part of it, too.
1: It was really hard. That product came from my you know, people-pleasing, perfectionist uh, ways, and I, when I started out as the pantry doctor and I went into people's homes and I did the, you know, don't eat this, eat this type deal, the pantry makeovers, um, I was also, certain clients I would be like a personal chef, like I would, you know, Yeah, in the very Mm -hmm. beginning, that was very time very time consuming. That didn't last long. It was lucrative, but it also took up a lot of my time. So, um, what I what I would find was when I would I was trying to transition into teaching them how to do it for themselves, I would just get I don't. I don't want to do this. Can you just come to my house and do it for me? Well, I was trying to get out of that. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to sleep one night and I just couldn't go to sleep. And I was like, you know what? Dang it. I am going to, I'm going to create something that, uh, that I can create and people can make it for themselves but it's going to be easy and i don't know it was before overnight oats were a thing (laughs) and i think we instagram was it was before instagram was a thing it was like it's instagram early instagram what year was that like
0: 2013
1: Mm -hmm. 2014 Yeah. yeah we were all there was a group of dietitians or health nuts on instagram and they were putting like they were making overnight oats in old peanut butter jars. Yes.
0: Yes. I remember (laughs) that. (laughs) And and now
1: they're all over, you know, the grocery store, but I was like, okay, I can create these, um, these jars with dry oats in them. And it was when superfoods were, were coming becoming really popular they hadn't really hit their peak yet but people were like what are those you know what's ashwagandha what's this that's so yes (laughs) i decided i would just collagen wasn't in everything you see yet and so i i made these like these different formulations of overnight oats that they had a function so it was kind of like i saw them as functional nutrition i'm like all i do is the people will just add their almond milk or their, of course, dairy free milk, right? Because
0: um, <laughs> of course,
1: I, haven't, I wasn't intuitive yet, and Whole well, Foods didn't fit in my life. So, um, so yeah, you you just you put your nut free milk in or your dairy free milk in, and you shake it up, and uh, you have this breakfast in the morning, which it went over really well. I was selling them out of like clunky glass jars after Pure Bar, and. Then I had to learn a lot of stuff, and honestly i didn't ever i wasn't ever called to be an oatmeal company, <laughs> but it ended up having its own company, like its own it took on a life of its own and it kind of kind of took over my life and honestly, I felt like I was suffocating uh, at mm-hmm. the end of it but during its time i i I had to learn how to, I, I, this was all myself. I had to learn labeling, South Carolina labeling laws, USDA labeling, create the labels. It went through about three different uh, transitions of packaging. And before I realized the packaging was all wrong and needed to be completely different. Oh, geez. What <laughs> so a disaster. <laughs> constantly testing, you know, testing and trying to cut the car and, and I'm honestly my you know my background was sales. I started out in sales. I love marketing. I love creating. I love vi- visualizing things and making them come to life, but I hated operations. And I was I was literally Doing this with a team of interns and a couple of retirees. Oh my <laughs> gosh! The, the more I marketed it, the more I was in the kitchen. Sure. You know, I I had researched co packers and had several people uh, talk to me about investing during that time period of the oats. And I guess the breaking point came down to me meeting with. A, a business coach and him telling me like, what do you truly want to do? And and I had researched competitors at this point for slide decks for, uh, for pitching to investors. And, and I, one of them was, you know, Elizabeth, is Elizabeth's oatmeal. Um, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she knew what she wanted to do from community college. She's got her story on her website. You know, she wrote, down on a napkin one day that she wanted to own an oatmeal company I was like that's not me I want to help people but somehow I got so so far down this path that obviously it was a good idea you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I didn't I didn't ever want to own an oatmeal company I just wanted to help people and I think I was still struggling with how
0: <laughs> that was happy. just another thing that you thought you could help people with. I now know I'm an Enneagram Seven.
1: <laughs> we do those things.
0: It happens. It oh happens. yes, I have to <laughs> stay grounded, stay the course. <laughs> I think it's. I think we always. I think you had great intentions, though. You know, like we always have these good intentions to help people, but sometimes you don't enjoy them, and it's okay to be like, I don't enjoy this. I didn't want to do this. This is not my goal in life. no no and honestly
1: I I didn't drop like literally drop the pantry doctor like I transitioned everything my website I dropped the handles on social media that was not too long ago um just just because it's a lot Uh, I had built this not because I was still doing what I was doing um I the story was out, you know. I tr- I shared it a lot of places. This is what I this is who I am now. It, I couldn't shake that pantry doctor. I had to, like, I had to get a new website, you know. Did you? Yeah, Wendy Taylor. The handles are Wendy Taylor. I'm just Wendy Taylor.
0: <laughs> does that feel really good? Does it feel really good to be Wendy Taylor? Yes, it does. I feel like I feel for the first time, I feel like authentic, like authentic,
1: true, not that I wasn't authentic as the pantry doctor, but I feel authentic to my message, to who I'm helping, to who I'm serving, to what I'm supposed to do here, my purpose, all of that.
0: That's amazing. And it, and again, it wasn't this linear, it wasn't this linear path. It happened over a course of years, yeah. years, years, <laughs> right? <laughs> I was like
1: one day, I, I literally just looked at my profiles, my website, and I was like, what the heck? is a pantry doctor. <laughs> <He's>
0: like, <laughs> what is that? So I was a victim of diet culture for sure. So tell me now as Wendy Taylor, what does your business look like? What does your clients look like? What does your date, what is everything, how much different has it changed for you? And, and what are you doing now?
1: So now I work with women to literally smash the scale, step into their worth and, Become the women that they were created to be, not be obsessed with food and body, but like find their own true, authentic health. Um, and I love doing that. I work one on one with clients. My one on one clients, um, I, I don't do as much of that anymore. They tend to be, because I have the background in gut health, they tend to be the ones that want food freedom, but they. They have gone to their doctor or they've talked to their doctor about their hormones. They know something's off, something's wrong with with their their gut or their GI system, and the doctor's telling them to lose weight. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the only way to be healthy. So they find me, and I work with them from... from an all foods fit approach and help them find a practitioner that's health at any size. And and so I'm working with the ones that have more chronic conditions one-on-one, but I have a a group program that uh, will kick off three times a year and it's, it's longer. It's six months because I don't think you can find food freedom truly in in three months or in six weeks, it do, you can learn about it. But I really want these women to see a start to see a a change, a transition. So it's a group coaching program, and it's six months long, and it's called Finding Food Freedom. I like <laughs> it. Yeah, I, I I love that. Um, and that that is new this year. So, um, and then very new because that is a group program, and it's six months long. I saw okay, there's a need for There's a need for something that they can turn to after the six months to continue Um, because they'll ask me, like, what's next? Where do I go from here? They want the continued support. And so um, I also have ones that maybe aren't ready for that. Maybe they want to learn more about intuitive eating. Maybe um, they don't understand what that is. And so I am launching a membership just to be a little more accessible to people because not everyone's ready for a six
0: month program. Sure. That's like, yeah. it's a commitment for sure. Yeah, it is. Do you, I, and I guess I find this very interesting, you know, as I, I'm not an expert in intuitive eating whatsoever and I'm not an expert in gut health, but I do kind of see where that um, there's a lot of people that are experiencing IBS or gut health issues and maybe talk about the, that you can do intuitive eating with gut issues because in my mind i would think that's never going to work so how Mm -hmm. do you how does that work for an individual that is struggling with a lot of gi you know issues and how that kind of can still help them heal their gut
1: i honestly think intuitive eating is for everybody because at the root Of intuitive eating, it's just self care. So I'm, and I'm not saying that if you're celiac, just to go eat gluten. (laughs) Yeah, probably
0: not. Probably not that.
1: (laughs) But what it does do is it helps you tune into your body and break free from any food rules that you might have created for yourself. Um, I see this especially with a lot of diabetics that they can't have sugar, Mm -hmm. or you know, and, and the their fed this from their doctor, but they literally think, you know, I'm going to die if I have sugar. And it's like, it goes back to tuning in your body and how does your body feel? So like literally at the the root of intuitive eating is self care. Um, and it's tapping back into your feelings. It's getting curious about how to nourish your body. And, and you can eat, you can eat intuitively, and learn how to know how to eat, to nourish your body in ways that you feel the best. And that can be with a salad, with grilled chicken and a cookie afterwards. (laughs) Sure. Sure. You know, and so, you know, and the same, the same with any, any chronic condition. So I feel like this message that we have to lose weight to be healthy Is having the opposite effect on people it's for one it's stressful it's creating a lot of fear and then just the process of dieting itself. Causes that cycle, the weight cycling, the restriction, (laughs) and then you can only restrict for so long. And then what do you think about when you're restricting these foods, these lists of foods you can't have, that's all you can think about. So you're going to eat them. And then there's this like, there's this constant battle, this cycle that, that you're in. And the weight cycling causes a lot of stress on the body. So I guess my argument would be, could it be the weight cycling that's, that's the cause not not the the sugar <laughs> like
0: i that. know that's what they always say like stop mm-hmm. eating sugars you know do the low fod maps do you know all these solutions and then like because uh, eating you know a sugar alcohol cookie and uh, because you can't have sugar and
1: going in eating like a a pack of cookie, yes. sugar alcohol is wonderful for your gut, right? Right. That's yeah, exactly.
0: That's not good for anyone's gut, regardless. Yeah. But that's so true. And I, I mean, I, I guess I never thought of it as using it with maybe people that do have, have GI disorders because I feel like. In my practice, that's all I get anymore, which I don't know if that's what you kind of experience, but it's like, oh, this person has IBS. Everybody has IBS.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I think that there's definitely ways to to support them without cutting foods, cutting foods out. So whether that be with, um, you know, supplements, um, whether there's like a supplement plan that you can even help them with while they're, you know, while they're recovering. So you're while you're mm-hmm. healing the gut. Um, I don't think that I mean, we seem to jump straight to cut this out. Mm-hmm. Cut out, we, we villainize dairy and gluten is
0: villainized oh, a lot all the time. And it makes me right? sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes me so sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, interesting. Well, I think that's I I like the angle that I like the trans, the transition that you've had from where you started until now, just because I think that all those things that you did as a younger dietitian are still applicable to your practice today. Don't you think? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely, there's
1: still like the sales and marketing the di- I, I love the digital market. I'm only virtual now and I love creating videos. That's really, I would say that's, that's my zone of genius. I love to create videos and um, I love teaching on video. So um, yeah, I, I, I like virtual. I like to be able to connect with anyone anywhere. So, so that's, that's my passion for sure. And, and that marketing and sale, like, the marketing has helped me a lot, Mm -hmm. Um, the background with the marketing and the sales. And I guess, I guess the messaging and knowing how to, how to find the right clients online or how to speak to them so that your clients find you um, does come naturally to me, I think because I have the background in sales and marketing. Sure.
0: What's the craziest food rule that you've heard?
1: Oh, the craziest food. <laughs> oh, gosh. The ones I'm thinking of that just come to the top of my head are like, you know, you have to eat half half your plate with veggies. So Or, you know, you have to have at least one vegetable at every meal. What's another one? You can't have dessert
0: until you finished your plate. Um, trying you to think of you it. probably experienced that when you were young, when you were at home, most likely. Oh, yeah. Your, yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I... Don't
1: just because I don't I don't care for a lot of I don't care for a lot of red meat like steaks and things like that, pork chops. When when I grew up, even hamburger and I know why now Um, it's not because it's not good when I have them. I have them medium rare. Like so when I grew up and I was a child and my mom would we would sit at the table. I couldn't leave until I finished all my meat. And so I had this hang up with me. Right. And then not only that, but now I look back and I'm like, I know why I didn't like hamburgers. I didn't like the steak. I didn't like the pork chops. She cooked them till they were just deader than dead. Okay, oh, yeah. <laughs> she wants them done. And so like, <laughs> no wonder I like my medium rare, but I had to learn that right through mm-hmm. intuitive eating and, and, you know, getting back, you know, it's not that I don't have this, vendetta against red meat or anything. I just didn't like how it was cooked growing up. So yeah, and I remember sitting there and we would, she would clear the table and I would try to hide it in my napkin.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We all had those foods that we turned in our napkins. But yeah, I can understand that, that that would be something that would be a hang up if you didn't ever, you know, know differently, because that's how you grew up. Yeah.
1: And it's so it's just so different now. Um, now that I found food freedom, it's like not thinking about food is there's just a genuine joy in my life now that I have the ability now to just soak in the present moments in my life. And I guess that's the biggest change that I can tell you. It's just the mental, the the freedom that
0: that you get from that In probably all aspects of your life, not even just with food, but you probably have found more joy in lots of different things in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I threw my cat out um,
1: (laughs) before we got on this call, but um, I I got married about a year and a half ago and um, we, we both, um, it's our second marriage for both of us. So we're in our forties and um, we have two kitties and we, we have electric bikes. So we like to get out all over town and scoot around. And so it's just those, those things like, it's it's you know almost labor day so we're gonna we're gonna go swim in when i get off this call and it's like i just want to just be present and i don't, don't want to be at the pool thinking about my belly roll or right my, <laughs> <laughs> no yeah i don't do that any, anymore but I, you know i did for years for for a long long time so you know when i get off calls with clients now and they tell me They, they find it, they get it. They, they really, they have an aha moment. I just want to flip my
0: desk over (laughs) (laughs) because you're so excited. (laughs) Yes, this is what I was meant to do. Oh, that is awesome. What is any future plans with your business? Anything that you're working on for the future? The membership, the membership. That's um, right.
1: Yeah. It's the next, it's the next thing. Finding Food Freedom, uh, the program will, will launch again in 2021 and so right now i'm i'm building a membership
0: oh great that'll be great i think that's the new kind of i like the membership idea because i think that there is always people that are successful with that initial contact always kind of want more so i love Mm -hmm. that idea of creating a longevity and having that membership program me too that was exciting Well, I'm really excited. I'm excited excited for you. I'm excited that we connected because we're kind of about the same age. So I feel like I totally resonate with, you know, starting out as a dietitian in a certain place and ending up in a certain place happens. And for all those younger dietitians out there, you know, don't feel like you have to be stuck in that one spot because there's lots of things to do. And your interests change, right? Things change in your life.
1: Mm Keep an open mind and and just be willing to change and be flexible.
0: Yeah. Cause intuitive eating, that is not an easy change for us that did not get any of it in school at all. It's definitely, it's definitely
1: not. And I can um I can tell you, I know you have a lot of dietitians listening to this podcast. Um, my it seems that it's resonating the most with the most women for me that are actually older. They're probably in their forties or fifties even. Mm. Um, that might have been chronic dieters for most of their lives. So your your people that have been to Weight Watchers
0: more than twice. <laughs> and there's a lot of them. For there's still, reason. they're still going back, right? There's has still, it really like, worked for you. <laughs> I, know. I, I always hear, Oh, I got to sign up for Weight Watchers again. And I'm like, why it didn't work the seven other times you tried it. Why are we starting again? <laughs> because Oprah does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oprah, can you stop?
1: Stop.
0: Stop. People really follow you. Let's Oprah. I would love. You need to get Oprah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You do. That could be a goal for me. That is going on my vision board. (laughs) I like it. Because I could see because like she, of course, is in that like over 40 age group that has done Mm -hmm. all those same things. And she would be And how many times did we see her lose weight and gain weight and lose weight and gain weight. So Uh, I know. I still, yeah. I'm from that generation that remembers her dragging her.
1: Yes, I do too. <laughs> wagging the fat across yes. the stage, like it, and that—that that is what we should all aspire to. And yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's bananas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you let me know when you land Oprah, and that will be amazing. going on my
1: vision board. <laughs> I like it.
0: I like it. <laughs> well, i I now I have the hard questions for you at the end here that I ask everyone as well, and this is perfect because it goes right in line with with what you just said about your enjoying food, but share with us some foods that you enjoy, okay. So I love to cook um and I
1: cooked these lettuce wraps last night. And I will say that they're still on my mind. Uh, <laughs> I've been to P.F. Chang's and you know, the yes. lettuce, basically they were those. So I had those last night and I can't get those out of my head. And I am always down for a chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> so those <laughs> are probably my two, two favorites.
0: Things right now that I'm loving, I, you know, chocolate chip cookie, warm, warm right out of the oven. It's always delicious. It's always do you yeah. share your recipes on your website?
1: You know, I used to be really recipe heavy and, and I had a, like a lot of meal prep stuff on there. Cause that, when I was doing the pantry doctor stuff, oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and I still love that. Um, but I don't, my website is, is sheerly intuitive eating. However, I share most of my food and recipes over on Instagram. So perfect. In my <laughs> stories, I will always have like, Here's what I'm cooking for dinner tonight. And and I do. Uh, I'll say DM me if you want the recipe and I'll send you the recipe or the inspiration, whatever, wherever I got the recipe. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll sure, share that with you. So definitely DM me if you see me over there cooking something. Okay, I will for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, beverages do you enjoy? Well, I pretty much, I love food so much. Um, let's see. I pretty much drink coffee. Uh, water and wine so <laughs> the only don't need pepper that you need. every now and then
0: <laughs> <laughs> <It's like> the <laughs> but i do things.
1: love i love wine um, my husband and i are we're we're in this wine club and he brought home this really funky orange wine last night that was really mm. good so yeah
0: fun That's, that sounds like a fun interest that you have together cooking and wine he is a great sous chef Oh, perfect. Does he clean the dishes?
1: Yes. Oh, yes. That's so, my kind of man. <laughs> and I came home today and he had vacuumed. He loves to clean. And oh. i <laughs> yes. You are lucky. <laughs> yes. I waited. When did we get married? I was 40 years
0: old. Yes. So I waited a long time for that. Well, you deserve it for sure. <laughs> um, any scents or smells that you like?
1: That, well, we're coming up on fall, and I just got this candle from Bath and Body Works, and it is pumpkin pecan waffles. Oh, and
0: my God. burning right now in my office. It smells so good. <laughs> Why is fall just like this? Just, like, we love the transition into fall. Even more, I think, than we like it into, like, the holiday season. I don't know. It's like... I am ready? over the summer.
1: <laughs> I'm, kind of, I'm kind of ready now. It's funny. We're, we're about to hit Labor Day, and I am... It's hot outside. I'm kind of ready for the fall.
0: (laughs) Um, Any things that you enjoy listening to when you're cooking or when you're working? Oh, I didn't think about this. So,
1: um, because I was looking through your questions, but um, we love like Blues and Barbecue Station on Pandora. (laughs) Mm, Fun. Really good cooking music, Blues and Barbecue. And like in the morning when we get up, and he thinks it's funny with the kitties we will turn on this cornell bird watching station (laughs) on youtube and we'll have our coffee and it's like we're we're out in it's called it's in sap sucker woods up at cornell university they have a live webcam with all the birds
0: (laughs) that is amazing oh my do do the kitties like get so enthralled with it I'm worried that they're going to knock over the TV one day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fun. That's so fun. Um, And what brings you joy in life, Wendy? Honestly,
1: my love language is quality time. So, what brings me joy is spending time with people that I love, connecting with people. So, my husband and um, girlfriends, next week's small group, we're going to this farm for a wine dinner. I can't wait. Like, uh, yeah, it's, it's, well, it's two organic farms. So, I love doing stuff like that. I love just, Honestly, I'm an introvert, so I love being at home with my family, Um, and I didn't realize that I was an introvert until not not too long ago, probably in my 40s. Um, I've spent my 20s and 30s just partying it up and being a self-rep and, you know, running around. And I was wondering why I was always so tired when I got home. That's <laughs> why. Yeah. I know now I just love, I love, I love being home and I love being outdoors though, too. I get recharged from being in nature. And so here in Greenville, we're close to the mountains. We're really close
0: to the beach. So there's a lot of good outdoors the around us here. Yeah, the best of both worlds. I love it. I think it's great though that you're talking about like being in your 40s. I'm in my 40s, and I feel like this is like the best time. This is a way better time than my 20s and 30s. I feel like that.
1: I feel like you know. I think about it. I'm like, wow. I wish I could have learned this much about myself earlier on. And I'm like, nah, no, you don't. You you learned every everything happened for a reason. And then yes. it's like, but I do feel like my 40s. It they're so freeing now. I feel
0: like I'm just. A different it's different
1: you know I don't Mm -hmm. even know how to describe it
0: really no I don't either but I I agree with you there's just something like again freedom when it comes into your 40s clears your mind it clears like all your past hangups. and I love your messaging about you know really truly finding you know food freedom too and because you know that's something that women always will face at any age Mm -hmm. and and I also you know I've I've done the
1: work but I am definitely not. There are days when I struggle. Like I I tell my clients and members of my community, like I'm like, (laughs) it's not like you. I, I, I will give them the visualization of like climbing the mountain. It's like a journey and, you know, there's base camps and it's, it's not always linear. Sometimes it's icy and you slip. Some days are Mm -hmm. easier than others, but it's not like you get to the top of the mountain, you sit down and you're like, Oh, I'm there. (laughs) That is so true. No, you're always constantly working, you know, working on things, working
0: on yourself. So true such a good thing to to end our conversation with. Thank you so much for sharing everything. And I will continue to follow all the fantastic things that you're doing. And if anyone has any questions, I hope they reach out to you and, and chat with you about what you're doing professionally. Yes. Come find me on Instagram. It's, it's
1: Wendy K. Taylor now, not Pantry Doctor. No Pantry Doctor. And I will put <laughs> no. that in
0: the show notes so anyone can <laughs> okay, find it there you. too. <laughs> okay, Thanks thank so you. much, Wendy. I had such, such a good time chatting with you. Me too. I appreciate it. I truly valued my conversation with Wendy today, and I think the biggest takeaway I got from our conversation is it's okay to reinvent yourself as a dietitian. What you started out doing after school will change through the different stages in your life, and that's okay. Wendy was brave enough, she made that transition, and now she's happier than ever in her personal life and her professional life. If you are interested in Wendy, go head over to the show notes, find all the places that you can connect with her. She also has a quiz to find out what kind of eater you are, and you can get some tips and strategies to help you in your journey to be an intuitive eater. If that's interesting to you, you can find that at Wendy Taylor, W-E-N-D-I-E-T-A-Y-L-O-R dot com backslash quiz. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.